God is moving. He is. He's calling us into something great. That is that incredible relationship that he died to provide for you and I. Church, as we do this together, I want you to know that God is moving. He's moving, but he's moving in our midst as well. And I'm very grateful for what God is doing in the last few weeks. You know, um, as you probably know, if you've been around here for a while, uh, God is... Well, I don't have a preaching calendar as far as like knowing what I'm going to preach about next week or for the year or anything like that. Uh, I wish that I had something like that. I know a lot of guys and uh, people in ministry, men and women both that have those. But uh, God's not worked that way with me. But he speaks in themes and, and moments of our life. And so over the past several weeks, you know, God has moved us into that theme of obedience, which is throughout the scriptures. It's not like it's some new thing or anything. All of us know that God's called us to a life of obedience. But the cool thing is, is that as we've been delivering God's messages, which are based in God's word and his truth, because that's all that matters, God is calling us to align ourselves with him in biblical marriage, covenant, relationship with him. People are responding to that. As you know, we've been sharing that with you. Um, stepping away from just doing our own thing and aligning ourselves with what God says to us, but not just in, in marriage. We were talking about the, the sin of the world around us and how we can uh, just justify things in our life because that's what we want to do or culture says it's okay or somebody else. It doesn't matter. When God says this is the way it is, that's the way it is. All right, so we have to understand and align our lives to God's truth, not our own. Now, as we're doing that, people are moving into obedience. It's been awesome. We've had four weddings in the last two weeks, and one of them last Sunday after church, after this 11 o'clock service, when I was speaking, uh, Reuben and Nora came up to me afterwards and said, look, Pastor Dave, we've been living in sin. We don't want to anymore. We got a marriage license at home. We got rings. Would you marry us today? So told them, go on home and get it. They came back, and we did a wedding here last Sunday after church, and they were married. So pretty awesome, yeah. So it's not just that. It's not just about a marriage thing. So I want you to understand this as we're walking along in what God says to us. See, as we're talking about being obedient and knowing God's word, spending time in God's word, listening to what the Spirit of God's saying, praying, aligning our lives to what God says, the people of our congregation are contacting me, all y'all, uh, not everybody in the room, but I'm saying as a whole, I am seeing and hearing from people about spending time in God's word, spending time in prayer, sharing their faith with people like they've not done before, and people are coming into agreement and alignment with what God says, and I want to celebrate that with you, church, because that's what it's all about. It's all about aligning our lives to what God says. If we don't do that, then all this is worthless. doesn't matter how you and I feel or if we like the music or don't or what we sing or what we say. If our lives aren't aligned with God, then nothing's okay. Church, we've got to align ourselves with what God says. There's been a long history of obedience and disobedience in the Bible. All there. All you got to do is read it. So after today's service, I was contacted uh, three days ago, I think it was. I got a text about a young lady that wanted to be baptized today. And I'm like, well, we don't have baptism scheduled. And so I've uh, been praying about that. I sent some information, said, you need to fill out that form online. We ought to look at these things. And I need to talk with you about what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And so as we did that after this service, uh, the first service at 915, uh, spoke with this young lady, she's 11 years old, and her mom, and about what that faith means, and what it, what is God saying to you, and that, and uh, I told them, you know, you're not just going to do this, because we do it at church or anything, you need to know God's calling you into this, so I explained all that to them, said, you all need to go over here and pray and talk about that before we do anything, 
So I came back to her. She's like, yes, this is what God's asking me to do, and I want to step in full obedience to what he's saying. 11-year-old little girl stepped up here, and we baptized her today with just a bucket of water, put a, had a towel on the back, and had a, um, a shirt, that, like the made new shirts for it. So her, go get that on and get over here. For those of them that were here between the services, we baptized her right here today. That's why the floor's wet, and so are my pants. God is good. I mean, it's talking about, you know, I was saying like, even in myself, as I was thinking about it, I'm like, well, we don't have baptism schedule. I don't have the baptism up here. I'll marry you, but I'm not going to baptize you. You know what I mean? Like, think about that. All right, it's like, okay, we'll baptize you. We need to do this right now. This is what God's saying. We're going to move in obedience to him. So God is doing something, just like we were singing right now. You know that God's trying to do something in your life right now? He is. He's calling us. He's moving in us, and he's saying something to us, church. In last week's message, I made a statement to you that I don't usually make very a handful of times in the entire time I've pastored and preached that I knew last Sunday's message was a prophetic message. In my heart, I've desired for the whole nation. I was asking God, like, please, Lord, let the message get out. Send it out. I wish that I could have a loudspeaker that would go across America with the word of God that God spoke to us last Sunday. It's a prophetic message of the coming judgment on the United States of America. Now, I know that's not an exciting message and something that we would all like, woo, that was amazing. I can't wait to get back in there and hear that again or send that to your friends. Church, listen, it's God's truth and God is speaking. And I absolutely believe the judgment of God is coming against the United States of America unless there is a major repentance and turning to the Lord Jesus Christ. His judgment will come. It is obvious when you look at Scripture and what God says and how He comes against those who live in disobedience and do not align themselves to what He says. Throughout history, His people have tried to justify their own life while acknowledging who He is. Our nation has acknowledged that He is God as a whole. Right? We have throughout our history. But we are not allowing our lives or anything about who we are as a people with what God says. We're walking contrary as a nation to what God says. Many churches are walking contrary to what God says. Now listen, we the church need to understand something. When God says it, it's truth and it'll happen. We the church don't have to be afraid of God's judgment coming. We don't. God loves us. He's going to take care of us. That doesn't mean we're going to have it on easy street. But God always takes care of his people. I want you to be confident in what God does and what God says to us as his people living for him. For God will take care of us. That doesn't mean it's not going to get tough here. Now hear me. We don't need to live in fear. And please don't live in false security as time goes before God's wrath falls. See, in that time of grace, remember this, we brought this out. Remember when God's judgment was proclaimed against Jerusalem and Judah? It was in 605, 606 B.C. that King Nebuchadnezzar came and and took over the nation and put those people in, in bondage to himself and took captives away. What happened was this. The message of God was saying, this city will be destroyed. So the people that were living there in the city still had this false sense of security because things didn't get destroyed 
They were going to be okay. Everything's fine. Everything's going to smooth out. We're going to rise up and we're going to be great again. Wrong. Wrong. No. In 586-87, the utter destruction came. 97, sorry about that. It came. But there was like six, seven years of uh, like reigning under another government's authority before utter destruction came. Now listen, I'm not telling you we're going to be under another government or that utter destruction's coming. I'm saying God's judgment's coming. And so what God is asking us as his people to understand, don't live in fear, but also don't live in a false sense of security that everything's going to be okay because God's judgment doesn't fall today. God is good to his word. Church, we need to understand that. God is good to his word. It does not matter. It does not matter what is spoken by who. When God says something, it is what He says it is. God is truth, and there is no falseness in Him. I read these verses a while back, I don't know how long, Deuteronomy chapter 18. Children of Israel, right there by Mount Sinai, they're on their exodus going about to become His people. God says to Moses, tell the people, I'm going to talk to them myself. They gather around the mountain. God begins to speak. There's the clouds that move in the darkness, the thunders, the rolling. And then God spoke and the people freaked out. And they're like, no, tell him to stop talking. Moses, you go up there and talk to him. Tell us what he says. Couldn't handle it. Deuteronomy 18. Listen, Moses is reminding the people of this before he steps away from his leadership position. This is what it says. And Moses continued, The Lord your God will raise up for all for you a prophet like me from among your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him. For this is what you yourselves requested of the Lord your God when you were assembled at Mount Sinai. You said, Don't let us hear the voice of our Lord, our God, anymore, or see this blazing fire, for we will die. Then the Lord said to me, What they have said is right. I will rise up a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites. I will put my words in his mouth and he will tell the people everything I command him. I will personally deal with anyone who will not listen to the messages the prophet proclaims on my behalf. But any false prophet, any prophet who falsely claims to speak in my name or who speaks in the name of another God must die. Church, God's serious about His Word. We need to be serious about what we say God is saying and not just say stuff. I do not take it lightly when I speak to you. God's Word is truth, man, and He's calling us to align ourselves to what He says. He does not end that there. So hear me because, you know, when you hear me say something like, well, this is what God's saying, it's like, well, you're just a man, who are you? All right, let's go on and listen. Because God answers that for us right here. You hear it? But you may wonder, how will we know whether or not a prophecy is from the Lord? If the prophet speaks in the Lord's name, but his prediction does not happen or come true, you will know that the Lord did not give that message. That prophet is spoken without my authority and need not be feared. So God's like, look, first off, if you find someone to be a false prophet, you should take them out and kill them. All right, now we're not doing that today. That's the Old Testament law. But church, we do need to pronounce some false prophets as dead to us and not allow their words to speak over our lives. We need to align ourselves with what God says and God's truth. 
See, God's message is a message that God speaks and it is fact and it will come to pass. Only God can change that message. No human being can change it. Thank God He is a merciful God and He will relent from what He has Himself spoken that will come to pass. All we have to do is read the Old Testament and we will see God sent a message of judgment time and time again. And when people actually heard it and they repented, God removed that curse of judgment from the people. Therefore, God is the only one that can change the message of coming judgment. But church, we need to be aware. God's judgment is coming against this nation unless we repent and align ourselves, calling out God to be a God of mercy to us once again. That is truth, whether we want to hear it or not. I want you to know that as I began this week, Monday, after last week's message, I was asking God, please God, as we come together this Sunday, would you give me a message of encouragement and hope and something that will just kind of help people feel a little bit better? The answer was no. It's not a matter of us not feeling better, church. It's a matter of us understanding what God says and aligning our lives to what He says. Church, during the previous election, there's a lot of opinions of the church all across our nation. I know that. But would you please listen to what I have to say to you right now? I mean, you should listen to what God says, but listen to your pastor, this person right now, talk to you about something that is truth and we need to hear it. During that election season and during COVID, I was bombarded with YouTube messages from uh, self-proclaimed or acknowledged people who call themselves prophets of God. Now, um, I want you to understand this, that I don't watch YouTube videos that people send me and I've told people that that send them to me like I don't watch them and especially when they're an hour or two hours I don't have time for that I don't mean that disrespectfully I don't but listen church this is the thing as this was going on y'all were home I was here for eight weeks alone preaching to you online and I'm so glad for the people who are joining us online as well as you in person but I was talking to God and saying man God something's crazy right now because it's not just that there's a pandemic what I see is there's fear everywhere it's not just a fear that I see in people around, but I saw a fear in the church. Now listen, that's not about people that stayed home. We told you to stay home. And if you were sick or a person of, of needs, you know, you should have stayed away from everything, okay? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fear element. God's word says that he has not given us a spirit of fear. But I saw fear in the church. In the Christian community, it was like everywhere. And I was like, God, what is going on here? What is happening right now? Why is it that your people who have your promises, who know that we are going to be with you when we breathe our last, are fearful of death and what is going on around us? Why are we living in fear, God? Church, we, I mean, there was stuff coming across like if the vaccine is, Bill Gates is in cahoots with the devil and there's the mark of the beast in it. Don't take that. Don't do this. Don't do that. There's prophecies and videos and all this stuff. Now, Please hear me all the way through. Like I said, don't be offended. I don't even know who all sent them to me. I just deleted them. 
So as I'm praying and talking to God about that, I'm like, Lord, I don't even know what in the world out here is coming that's real and not. Don't know. I know what your word says. I know who you are, but all this stuff out here is confusion, man. So I began to pray and ask him like, Lord, I don't want to be ignorant of stuff and just kind of dismiss everybody saying whatever. So I want to know what should I see? What should I do? What should I hear? So I began to look and I was like, okay, this, this one particular program, I said, I'm going to commit my time to watch this thing no matter how long it was. I don't know the name of it. Y'all that watch that stuff probably know it. There was this man that was the host and they had three guest prophets on the program. So as they were talking there, I was watching it. And this is what happened in the video that I was watching from them. And I believe this is a national program and it's pretty popular and stuff. The host was acknowledging that these three guests were prophets. I'm not sure if the host is someone that's supposed to be a prophet or not. But they're all like born-again Christians believing things mostly like what you and I would do, right? That's, that's what I know as I perceived and watched and listened. So as I watched this thing unfold and they began to speak, all three prophets were in agreement. And their agreement was this. God has determined and established his representative, Donald Trump, to be the president of the United States for the next four years. Okay, that's what they proclaimed. He's not. Church, he's not. Then as they agreed, they would like take turns and people would like say things like, I'm not, I'm not going to give you a direct quote. I just want you to hear me because this went on for a long time. It was like, the Lord has spoken and this is what he says. The Lord has spoken and this is what he says. Thus saith the Lord and things like that where it's like God has raised up Donald Trump and he will lead them and there will be a, a season of, of repentance and move of God and all these things that were being said there. Now listen, there was this lady there that has funky hair and stuff and I don't care about funky hair. It's just, I mean, I saw her. I was like, wow, that's pretty wild. Uh, you know, and then she spoke and, you know, she was, I guess she was a guest that day. Maybe the other ones are regular, but she was supposed to be a prophet too. And that's, you heard what I said correctly. Supposed to be a prophet. Because what this person began to say was this. The host was, I mean, in good respect to whoever he is, he said, you know, so just to be clear with everybody here, are you talking about the next four years or could this be after this term and the next four years he could be elected? And they all agreed, nope, it's this one, the one we're in currently. All three prophets said, no, it's this one. God has said this one. Now then, this lady that I'm talking about says, Oh no, it's this one. And not only that, but I want you to know that God and I had a, had a talk and God spoke to me. And not only did God say that Donald Trump would be the president the next four years, but Mike Pence would be the president the next eight years. There will be 12 years of this presidency and that influence in our nation. Okay, church. And? And what? Look at what did God say right here in His Word? He says, if a prophet says that a message is from him and it's not, and it doesn't come true, that is not my message. Right? Dismiss that person. They are not messengers of God. Please hear me. 
They are not messages of God. And so here's what I thought. This is what Dave thought. When these things unfolded, I'm like, well, I'm sure those people are written off and gone somewhere. Seriously? No. They're still be given airtime as prophets of God speaking different messages. And people are tuning in and listening and sharing their messages as if they're from God. Church, I'm talking about the church. The, the world's not sending those messages. The church is. When it's already been proven, they are not giving a message from God. I don't know if y'all know this, but President Biden is sitting in the White House. Church, come on. So then are we going to believe that this is a message from God? Listen, false prophets speak messages that we want to hear. (laughs) Any, this is God speaking through Moses to his people, any prophet who falsely claims to speak in my name or who speaks in the name of another God must die. Man, they're living well right now. Not that I think we should go physically kill them. No, that's not what we do in this time, this time in which we live. Thank God we're in the New Testament. The time of grace and mercy and the power of the Holy Spirit. Church, listen. That day in the Old Testament was different when the Spirit of God was not available for all of us to have within us. The Holy Spirit was not able to come in us because Jesus Christ had not died and resurrected. So God moved upon men and women Read your Bible. There were prophets that were female in the Old Testament. So get over yourself and listen to what God says. See, the Spirit of God would fall and that prophet would speak God's Word. Now in the New Testament age in which you and I live, the Holy Spirit is available to you and I and He lives within us. And Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would reveal all truth to us. He would guide us, convict us, and move us in the right direction. When God's Word is truth, God's Word's truth affirms inside of us, it's God's Word. See, God's Word will always be confirmed and will always align with Scripture. Always align with Scripture. God taught us in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 19.15, God's teaching His people, saying, you know, when we, when we come to court and there's this trial, we want to know truth. So therefore, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, the truth is known. So it's calling people to understand God's saying there's an affirmation of what is real, not just one person against another. There has to be an affirmation of what God says, and there will be. All right, so now the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, and he references that that scripture. This is what he says. The facts of every case must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. So Paul is writing. Now, what is he talking about to the church? He's talking about the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's talking about the word of God and the fact that God's word is a witness of itself and the truth of what it is. And he's telling them, you already know there's been two times you've received this message. You know it's truth. It's a third time now. This is God's truth. And he's talking about Jesus Christ as the Savior of the world. All right. So church, let's look in First Kings real quick. We're given an account of a prophet of God speaking to King Jeroboam. He is the first king of Israel. I believe last week I may have said Jehu. Um, I misspoke on that. It was Jeroboam who was the first king of Israel. Um, all of them were not following God. 
as kings of Israel, one way or the other, but this one specifically is the one who established the false um, idol worship, and he had set up um, altars, okay? So here's what God does. God speaks to this prophet. We're not even told his name, and he said, I want you to go to Bethel, and I want you to go and pronounce a prophetic message against that altar and, and speak against it because that is not from me. He goes there, and here's King Jeroboam. He's at the place for the altar. And the prophet of God speaks God's message of destruction over that altar and the sin that was there and all that stuff. So when he speaks the message, King Jeroboam sticks out his hand and points up and says, Seize that man! And his hand becomes paralyzed when he points at the prophet of God. Immediately when that happens, the king says, Oh, prophet of God, pray for me! Isn't that crazy how we respond? <laughs> a minute ago, he was ready to pray to some other God. He's going to say judgment against that guy, and then God moves, and he's like, whoa, pray for me to God. Listen to this conversation that happens. The prophet does pray for him, and the king's hand is restored. Here's the, here's the word in 1 Kings 13, verse 7. Then the king said to the man of God, Come to the palace with me and have something to eat, and I will give you a gift. Isn't that funny how things change in our life when, you know, we have our own ideas, we think we're right, God proves himself, we're like, whoa, I was wrong. Yeah, come on, let's, let's have some fellowship now. All right, listen to this. But the man of God said to the king, even if you gave me half of everything you own, I would not go with you. I would not eat or drink anything in this place, for the Lord gave me this command. You must not eat or drink anything while you are there and do not return to Judah by the same way you came. So he left Bethel and went home another way. So I want you to see this, church. It's really important. God gave the man of God two messages. One to deliver about what was happening in the culture. The second commandment was about him being obedient to what God said. Two things God said, right? God gave him a very clear message and he shared both. He's like, you know, this is what God's going to do and I can't stay here. God said, don't eat or drink or stay, get out. So he knew what God said and he proclaimed it. The prophet himself spoke what God said. Let's go on with the story. And it happened. There was an old prophet living in Bethel and his sons came hold and told him what the man of God had done in Bethel that day. They also told their father what the man had said to the king. The old prophet asked them, which way did he go? So they showed their father which road the man of God had taken. Quick, saddle the donkey, the old man said. So they saddled the donkey for him and he mounted it. Then he rode after the man of God and found him sitting under a great tree. The old prophet asked him, are you the man of God who came from Judah? Yes, I am, he replied. Then he said to the man, then he said to the man of God, Come home with me and eat some food. You listening, church? Here's the response from the prophet of God. No. I cannot, he replied. I am not allowed to eat or drink anything here in this place, for the Lord gave me this command. Now he's going to speak it. You must not eat or drink anything while you are there and do not return to Judah by the same way you came. All right. So here's, here's the obedience factors happening, right? Yeah, no, I'm doing everything God said. This is what God said. This is what I'm doing. 
Listen to the next verse. But the old prophet answered, I am a prophet too, just as you are. And an angel gave me this command from the Lord. Bring him home with you so you can have something to eat and drink. Listen to this next sentence. But the old man was lying to him. So they went back together and the man of God ate and drank at the prophet's home. So just pause for a second. Let's process this and listen. When the pagan king said, come home and eat with me, it's like, no, it's pretty obvious. I can see that's no way am I doing that. But here comes someone that appears like a man of God, is like a man of God, is an older man of God. In that culture, they respect older people. And he gives a message that is contrary to the direct command God had already spoken, that the prophet of God had already spoken out after receiving from God to do two different people. He said, I cannot, for God has commanded me not to do that. So he already knew what God said. Listen to the difference now. He said, the Lord has commanded me. That's what the prophet said, right? Now the old lying prophet man said this. I received a message from an angel of the Lord. You hear the difference? I received a message from an angel of the Lord. He said, the Lord commanded me. And yet he listened to the old man and the lie and went in direct disobedience to what God said. Church, we need to wake up. We can't just listen to whoever's saying whatever in the name of God, whatever their position is, whatever authority they have, wherever they're at. Doesn't matter what God says matters. The lying prophet had a message from an angel of the Lord. The prophet already knew that this was direct disobedience from God, but he obviously justified it because of who was talking. So they go home. They're eating dinner together. And the Spirit of God falls on the old lying prophet. Crazy, isn't it? Just because God chooses to use you doesn't mean you're okay. Listen to what happens. The man cried out to the man of God from Judah while eating. The word of the Lord came and said this. This is what the Lord says. You have defied the word of the Lord. Have disobeyed the command the Lord your God gave you. You came back to this place and ate and drank where he told you not to eat or drink. Because of this, your body will not be buried in the grave of your ancestors. You know what happened, church? He got up from dinner. The old lying prophet gave him his own donkey. He took off for Judah, and a lion killed him right there on the road. And when you read the account, this is what God's word says. The lion did not eat his body, but he laid there dead. The lion stood next to him, and so did the donkey. And people that passed by were like, whoa. See, God's serious about His Word. Church, we've got to get serious about God's Word. 
both messages came true. The message against the altar, just because this prophet didn't obey God, didn't change God's message. Church, God's word will come true. God's word came true against the altar at Bethel, exactly as it was prophesied through this prophet, man of God from Judah. That happened. And so did God's command against him and the word that he spoke. We've got to know God's word, church, and the difference between a false message and truth. We've got to know. The way that we know is the Holy Spirit within us. And there are deceiving spirits out there. That's why God's word says to test the spirits that they're of God. Usually a message that is not of God appeals to our flesh. Anything that denies Jesus Christ or adds to Jesus Christ is not true. I hope you hear that. Anything that adds to Jesus Christ or removes from Him is not truth. There is only one way. Jesus Christ, He gave His life for us at Calvary. He arose from the grave and He is the one and only Savior of the world. You will not be saved unless you come through Jesus Christ. That is God's Word. It is truth. Whether you like it or not, where it's culturally accepted, where people agree, it doesn't matter. It's what God says. That is His truth, not mine and yours. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly, in the last times, some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to hear this before I read any further. There are some theologies and people who think like you can't lose your salvation. I want you to know you can't lose it. You can forfeit it by walking away. God's word says right there, some will turn away from the true faith. Turn away. That's God's word. So if your theology doesn't align with his, I mean, go ahead and debate with him. But this is what his word says. That in the end times, some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites and liars and their consciences are dead. They will say it is wrong to be married and wrong to eat certain foods. That's interesting, isn't it? Do you hear it? Are you listening, church, is what we're hearing? See, what's happening right here is Paul's saying, like, as the Spirit of God moves, he's saying there's going to be people who change and add to and pull away from what God has spoken. We cannot allow that to happen, church. See, don't marry or don't eat certain foods. Man, I hear people in church talk about, and I've heard a lot throughout my life. I'm not talking about just right here now. I'm saying throughout my Christian life, people's talking about it. There's been books written about it. We need to follow the Old Testament law's dietary plan. No, we don't. That was for them for a season of time that God gave them. It's not for me and you, and I thank God for that. I don't have to follow that. You don't have to follow that. God's Word clearly says so. That's exactly what he's referencing right here. He's like, man, all things are good when you pray and thank God for it. Eat it. Okay. 
But I hear people talking about this stuff. People thinking this is the way we're supposed to eat. This is what we're supposed to do. This is what's wrong with us today. This is why we're fat. This is why we have these health issues. Look, like church, the average life right now is 78 years. We're exceeding what God already said we would live. Right? He's giving us grace. Just so you know. You're going to die. Right? I mean, that's, that's a message of hope. It is, really. It truly is. But we're all going to die. It doesn't matter. I'm not saying just go out and do whatever you want. We have to be wise, but what he's saying is like, we're not supposed to follow that stuff. We need to follow what God has spoken through Jesus Christ. We're in the new covenant, thank God, with the Holy Spirit. See, we've got to take God's word. So Old Testament is the foundation. God himself spoke and he said that was just a shadow of things to come. Then there was the new covenant in Jesus Christ where he actually fulfilled what he promised to us to be able to have a relationship with the Father. You and I have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ in no other way. You know that. So Galatians 1, right? May God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Jesus gave his life for our sins just as God our Father planned in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. All right, we can give God a praise for that right there. Amen. But the message doesn't end there. He's saying, look, this is where it's all about. God has given us Jesus Christ so that we don't have to live in the evil of this world. He goes on and says, I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news. But it is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Let God's curse fall on anyone, including us, or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preach to you. I say again what we have said before. If anyone preaches any other good news than the one you welcome, let that person be cursed. That's pretty serious. He's not done. Listen to this part. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Look, the gospel is not a popular message because the gospel calls us from our sinful life for our own desires and purposes and we have to surrender them and begin to live for the glory of God. The gospel calls us from a life of sin into a life of holiness that God himself provides for us through his power. The gospel doesn't compromise It doesn't okay sin. God calls us to change the way we live, to live according to what He says, and the Holy Spirit provides everything we need to live it. Do you know the Apostle Peter, which I've read that before, writes to the church, it says God has provided everything we need to live a godly life. No excuses. It's God's Word. We've got to embrace what God says, church. Action steps, let's do it. On what do you base your relationship with God? So, like right now, everyone has a basis of what your relationship with God is based upon. If it's anything other than Jesus Christ, your relationship is a lie. That's not because they've said so, it's because God says so. God's Word says that. 
It's only through Jesus Christ. Jesus spoke these words. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. There is no other way. (laughs) All right, so if you're basing your relationship with God on anything else other than Jesus, you're wrong. (laughs) We need to get it right. It's his way, not my way, not our way, not the community's way, not the society's way, the world's way, it's God's way. (laughs) Church, what is God speaking to you about? What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you about right now? So, if you don't know, what is the last thing you do know God spoke to you about, and have you done that? See, remember when we were reading the scriptures where it says that their, their conscience were dead, they were seared, they're, like when we don't walk in obedience to God, we get more and more dull until we don't feel or hear anything. We live in that calloused state of ignorance. And so, if you don't know what God's saying to you right now, go back to what you did know, and I'm asking you, are you living according to what he said? If not, church, we've got to step into that fully right now. We need to know what God says in his word. Study the New Testament. Before you go into the old, know what the New Testament says. The Old Testament lays a foundation that projected Jesus Christ into the world. It's amazing and beautiful. When you know what God did through Jesus Christ and you look at the Old Testament, it's like, wow, God, you are amazing. There is no way any human being could write that book with that message and make it look like that and come to pass the way it did. No human being could do that, only God. He is amazing. And so as you begin your journey with God, you begin reading in the book of John. It's the gospel of belief. It's a great place to begin because it introduces to us who Jesus is as the Savior of the world. It's the gospel of belief. Go there. Get to know Jesus in a real way. And let God begin to grow you in His truth, not the truth you've been told. Because church, if we don't know God's truth, we're in trouble. You know what God's saying to you? Would you stand with me? Earlier, Justin referenced the altar. We call this place the altar. It's just a place in the front of the church just to come meet with God. If God's talking to you, please come forward and kneel. Stand if you can't kneel. I don't care. Come to God today. Church, I I tell everybody, like, keep your eyes up and open and, and just respond to God because if you can't respond to God in church, you'll never live for Him in the world. That place out there is is horrible. It is. Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff going on. Absolutely. God's out there and He's amazing. But I'm saying the stuff in the world is messed up by sin. And if you can't stand up for who He is right here, you'll never make it out there. I'm just telling you. Is God calling you? Please come. Father, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. God, we are asking for mercy today. God, we don't deserve it, but God, please extend mercy and grace to us. Extend it to your church. Call your people, God. Lord forgive us God awaken this nation God I plead with you (laughs) have mercy on the United States of America God have mercy silence the lying prophets God in Jesus name we rebuke them we speak against them God, we pray that your truth will go forth and we will hear the word of God and that we will align our lives with you, God. 
We ask you for your glory and purpose as your kingdom comes. God, we give you honor and glory and praise. It is in the name of Jesus we pray, church. Amen. God is so good, isn't he? God is so good. If you're at the altar, it's just a yes, Lord. We don't have to beg. We don't have to barter. We just say yes, Lord. Whatever it is you're asking, it's yes. God bless you today. Have an amazing day with him. Share your faith with someone. God bless you today.